covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast on today's edition of Turf Talk, your show where you get to talk to folks from around the league, players, coaches, personnel, the folks that help make the league run, and the folks that are working in and out and around the clock for another amazing NAL season. Today, we are pleased to be joined by the head coach of the Columbus Lions, Jason Gibson himself. Coach Gibson, glad to have you on board again. And we had you on last season, kind of towards the end there. And we get to have you on once more, more of a midpoint this time and really catching you during a bye week, getting to kind of reset yourself. How how have things been uh, getting a week off and trying to, to put it lightly, uh, regroup? When you lose, it sucks. So it's, it makes it a lot, a lot longer. But now I was good. I mean, I don't know. Bye weeks from now, I'm spoiled. We have a game, we have a bye. We have a game, we have a bye. So, uh, you know, I, I went on vacation last week. I ain't been on vacation probably two, three years. So I dropped everything and told the guys, I'll see you in a week. Go home. See you on, see you on Monday. And it worked out pretty good. Fair enough. I mean, hey, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, we, we know we, you know, obviously uh, week four against the uh, Sharks was, you know, it was it was its own con. This is an interesting contest, as I could say the least. Uh, but <laughs> you, guys, you, know, you guys, you guys are being polite. That's the worst offensive game I've ever been a part of, in probably twenty five years. Well, I mean, we we're gonna we we're gonna ask because I mean, uh, I mean, what can you take us on going into that process of that game? Because I mean, there seemed like there was a lot, like last minute wise, we understood that kind of went into preparing to play against Jacksonville in that in that uh, instance. Uh, what what was going on like at least the days leading up for that contest? I mean, just, you know, you know, Darren got in a car accident, which didn't help uh, coming off a of bye week. You know, we played really bad against San Antonio. I mean, really bad. So I was already livid about that. And then we show up to Jacksonville and we play twice as bad, mm-hmm. coupled with the fact, you know, they got their back against the wall. They're at home. You know, it was a perfect storm. It's like I told everybody before, everybody laughs. You know what? I'm terrible in basketball, but every once in a while I'll make a three-pointer. So it happens. It is what it is. <laughs> sometimes it go. Sometimes off nights, just the way they are. <laughs> just, it's good. You know, it's good for the league. It was good for the crowd. You know, and, and see, that's you know the difference with with me is, you know, I really care about the league. I want the league to have success. It doesn't do any good. Last year, it was just us and Albany. Everybody else really was just playing football, and it, it's not good for the fans. I think this year, I mean, honestly, anybody can win at any given point. If you don't show up, you lose. You know, there's no dominant team. There's no dominant quarterbacks. And that's probably the major difference this year is, is, is the, the, the parity, in my opinion. But Fair points there. Fair points. A quarterback yourself, actually, because, I mean, you, you bring up a hot topic for you guys coming into the season. Yeah. I mean, Mason Espinosa, you know, he's off to greener pastures, now offensive coordinator over at DePaul. Um, you guys have to make that quick decision. Obviously, Darren gets in early going i mean take us take us throughout at least on your end we've gotten a bit from mason but for you well, i mean you know mason calls me i think he got he got notified really really late so you know that's great for him you know we got a great relationship anyway so he called me the day of training camp the day of the first meeting of training camp about six hours from the meeting he's like oh yeah i'm not coming I'm like what i, don't, I didn't have no quarterback sign I, we couldn't even Man. practice on saturday because when i reach out to darren he had to work so 
I, I pulled out my little pea shooter and I threw the ball for, for two days just to get us through training camp. And Darren comes in off the bench and, you know, then Darren's a winner. Darren's not your, he's, you know, there's not, there's not Tommy Grady, Mason Espinosa's of the world. They're just not out there. Anymore. There's not enough AF2, AFL football to develop those types of players. Uh, most college programs and high school programs develop read option quarterbacks anyway. So they don't develop the pure pockets, sit in there type guys. Um, the good thing about Darren is Darren is a really good quarterback, but, you know, he's, you know, came off his job and just started picking up a football and started playing. And, and the, the best compliment I always have for Darren is care how the ball looks coming out. I don't care. He's a winner. He's a winner. And somehow, some way he figures out how to win games. Does he throw picks and make me lose more hair than I already don't have? Hell yeah. But he's a winner. And so – you got to decide on that. And of course, then we brought Danny in, uh, you know, Darren being hurt, and, you know, maybe just give a little competition because I was carrying one quarterback. Um, and Danny walked into a storm of holy cow. I mean, coupled with bad play calling, we did way too many five step drops. I mean, if I didn't lay this thing out on a perfect platter for Jacksonville to kick the living crap out of us, I don't know who did, but I did it. Um, you know, and they're welcome. So, but then they, they took advantage of it. And Danny made some good arena throws, um, mm -hmm. but can't make him on his back. So we had some issues there. And uh, um, to be honest with you, to play, <laughs> to play that bad, we had the ball 12 times on a score three touchdowns. I don't think, of it, I don't think I've seen that in J football in high school. And um, we were only down by two possessions in the fourth quarter with the ball. Right. That's what's scary. You know, if if I'm playing, if our defense gets that many sacks and that many turnovers, we're up by 40. Um, so that was the – I guess that was maybe the the shining light from my end. Is the, I mean, again, I, I remember in the fourth quarter I was standing there, I looked up and like, holy cow, we're only down by two possessions. Are you kidding me? I feel like I was down by 200 possessions. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. And then I uh, had a chance on the bye week to sit back and, and evaluate both. And, 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 and honestly, I built the offense for Mason. That's what we did every year. My offense changes and evolves based upon the players we have. It is not, this is what I do. This is what I run. No matter what, if you can't run it, you're the problem. No, if you can't run it, I'm the problem. I either need to teach you better or we got to change it up. And so understand the personnel that we have. Uh, I've got to figure out a way to get those big, those big, you know, beanstalks that I have the football you know I've got everybody in the league's got good receivers okay everybody's got good receivers there's you know Kendrick Eames is great Darius Prince is really good you know Outlaw's really good I like number five from San Antonio he's a burner that kid can play there came up Kelly Rashad is Kelly Rashad yes he's shown up I really really like him so there's some really good receivers but top to bottom I've got the best and I can't get them the ball and so you know that's what we spent this whole week on is, is you'll see a completely different offense. I feel bad. I feel bad for all of them. They're going to watch film something we ain't even doing. So, um, but that's, what's good. You know, you, you evolve and, and, and you tailor to what we have at quarterback and what we can do and go from there. So hopefully we'll see a huge, uh, a drastic change come Saturday. Night. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of Albany, uh, there's a series that just dropped that is available for everyone to go listen, watch is uh, inside the lines. You guys have had a history with the Albany Empire, especially that series literally describes it, shows you what was going on. 
Is that a rivalry started between you two, between Albany and the Columbus Lions, based on the interaction from last season? You know what? I didn't even finish watching the series yet. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you <laughs> I can hear Aiden screaming right now. <laughs> no, it's not that. I, I, it's not that, man. It's just here's bottom line is, man, I got a great wife, man. And me and her are thick as Steve's, and she loves watching it. And we haven't had the time to watch it together. And I'm not going to watch it ahead of her. So me and her are going to watch it together. And I just haven't had the time to watch the last, I think, four episodes. I think my last episode we watched was. Uh, maybe the Orlando game, maybe. Okay. I think so. Um, but anyway, uh, rival with Albany. I don't. I don't see it that way. To be honest with you, um, they just happened to beat us three times with Tommy Grady. Mm, okay. All right. Okay. Shots fired. Shots fired. It's good. I see. Uh, <laughs> to the to the fans out there, Inside Lions is out. The documentary series I've covered all last year for the yeah. Columbus Lions. You get to see characters players of that team that as a opposing fan going inside that your organization really you know fundamentally puts my how can I phrase this um, I've always said on the show that it's the coach Gibson way your program is designed to win no matter what the score is you and your organization always has a chance to win people bash me but I'm gonna say hey since they've been NAL they played in championships and played in the playoffs and haven't missed so that documentary season really shows me what I believe the organization is in Columbus, is that you and Josh Blair and the ownership group each year, no matter even this season, two and one, people think it's doom and gloom in Columbus. You have a winning record right now um, that you, coach, are leading the way to build how this franchise is created as a championship contender, no matter what the record is. During the season, right now you're two and one, and a lot of people think it's doom and gloom, and that the your the program is falling apart. I wish I my team was two and one right now, but we're one and four, um, and not coming off. Coming off. He, he, he's feeling the sting a little more. You got to understand. Yeah. I was happy with that. I was happy with the win a couple of weeks ago. Then last week, and nah, not not really. That that's a wake up call again. But, um, coach, the one thing I wanted to say is you have adjusted so far this season with Mason and Darren, the Southwick, how is that, how does that change each and every week knowing this game next week, you can have completely different players because of how the arena league is judged and managed by all these organizations. Well, I mean, I looked at, uh, I looked at the roster actually this morning and you think about, I lost Lockett. I lost Mason. I lost Peterson. Mm-hmm. I lost uh, a big blow. Huge blow was Corey Crawford. Right. Yeah. So I, I lose four players that are as good as anybody in the league. Um, and we're still two and one. Um, it's like you said, I trust me. I I think I was more embarrassed after the game in Jacksonville that I was mad. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because uh, you know, they played well. I knew they needed it. I was happy for the league. I was happy for the Jacksonville fans. I enjoyed going to Jacksonville because they they represent what it's about, along with the Columbus fans. They really have a passion for it. You just happen to have a lot more of them. Um, but, you know, I, I was good for the city. It was good for the league. And that's what I was about. But I was so embarrassed with that loss just because the way we performed, the way some of the things that I did, too. I mean, trust me, I didn't go into a meeting and point at all the players and you SOBs, you did that. No, I mean, there's there's some self-evaluating as well. And that's a that's a good thing. So, um, but then again, as I got on the bus, I thought about it. 
but I'd rather be two and one and be embarrassed or one and four and feel good for tonight. Yeah, I'll take two and one. So um, that's kind of how it was. But you're right. I mean, I've, I've got three or four players already lined up for next week after this game coming in. I've got guys on my radar that I'm just waiting for something to fall through. So waiting for their job or waiting for their this and that. We'll continue to build and somehow, some way, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to figure out a way to be where I don't have to win the first three or four games. I just got to win the last two. Mm-hmm. And so that. I just try to prepare our team for that and, um, um, you know, really go for there. I, I do I do look at some of the matchups. Don't get me wrong. When you play teams three times, um, that's important because you have to get that rubber match so you can get a, a leg up on the tiebreaker. So I'm not I'm, I'm conscious about that. But um, right now it's 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 about teaching. I mean, this week, I mean, we watch Albany and we, we know we know what we're going to do and, and we know what they're going to do. But I'm just really focusing on what we have to do and how how do we teach the game? Uh, so our players are better equipped to be, you know, to, to be successful. It really is what it's about. And so uh, mm-hmm. we'll figure out a way. Well, you know, we, we do, you know, and it's a long season and it's managing that. And I felt like I recruited really well for the Ironman. Um, I knew six foot five, 350 pound linemen weren't going to be effective. Um, so I knew that and, and that's how we recruited. Right. I mean, and you know, I, you're kind of tying into what I've been wanting to ask, you know, it, it, coaching the Ironman game it, year over year. I mean, it's a completely different conversation this year or this year compared to last when we talk, talk now it's, you know, again, not, not as much specialized players. We're talking guys for the majority of this right. roster that can, you know, they can either play the majority of the game, they can play both sides, you know, or they're going to be ready to go whenever they're called upon, you know, the, the, most of them are the every man, you know, I guess that's another term we could use there. Um, I mean, we've described it on our show. You know, we look around the league. There's guys that build Ironman teams. There's guys that t- that take the talent and they try and make it where it's best rotations for the Ironman. We've dubbed you, your guys, as building for an Ironman roster. Do you see yourself as that? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, when they had this vote, Columbus was the only team that voted against it. Oh, for okay. the league, it was we lost five to one. I knew that when the league went Ironman, in my opinion. I thought it was going to eliminate about 60 to 70% of the veteran players in the league. Um, And so when I started looking at what I was going to recruit and how I was going to recruit, to me, it was more about athletes and less about position specific. So I wasn't out looking for a center. I wasn't out looking for a tackle. I was out looking for athletes. I was out looking for guys that can just flat out run. Um, And to be honest with you, I I figured – I watched what Jacksonville did the second time we played them. I noticed it was pretty – it was pretty uh, – either smart or they watched what we did because we had a bunch of small little teeny guys on the D-line. The second time we played Jacksonville, he had Hicks playing the D-line. He had a. Johnson playing the D-line. Whereas, you know, I don't want a big tackle, turnaround, pass rush. So those are the things you look at. You know, you look at different players in the league. I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to disrespect anybody. Sure, sure. And there's certain players that are extremely – high-level players at their position. There were certain players in the league that were vets that, like, they were the best at their position. I wasn't going to touch them just because I knew they couldn't play offense or I knew they couldn't play defense. Um, and you look at playing a guy, Iron Man, all of a sudden now you take a guy like – you take a great player like Devin Wilson, which, you know, I think the, the world of Devin. I love – I love the way he plays, man. And 
but then you play him Iron Man, and all of a sudden now there's only 12 possessions in the game, okay, for the most part. All of a sudden now he's playing six on offense because unless they're going to play him every time, so you're taking a quality premier player, instead of him getting 12 offensive series, now he's only getting seven or eight. Right, so now right. you're limiting now you're limiting his opportunity to score touchdowns. So now if, if he's only playing seven or eight possessions, if I can limit him to scoring on five or six of them, hey, I got a chance. You know, I got a chance to win. And so that's how I look at it. And so it's, it's, it's just different. Okay, I'm going to keep pushing this phrase we use on the show, the possession economy. It's so important for this. You, I think that was a perfect highlighting of it right there. You know, and I not only like, you know, arena, that's another thing. You have to be more conditioned. You have to be able to keep that motor going throughout the game. So guys like a Wilson, which, you know, early season we were wondering, and this has been the biggest challenge for us is, you know, specialists, how do each team use that specific position? And it's actually been for us in some ways thrown for a loop. We've been shocked at what teams have done. You know, Carolina, we talked with coach Rez, you know, previously a few weeks back and, you know, he's, he's got the center play, you know, he's got Ziegler playing center as a specialist and that took us aback. Um, so, I mean, I completely understand your point, your point, like that's our challenge here, you know, and, you know, it's weird watching everybody do different specialists. Cause I remember, you know, God, I played, I started playing in 96 actually with the Albany firebirds. Yeah. Okay. So I was on the practice squad with Albany. Of course, back then it was two way. And then, then into AF two with the Carolina Cobras. I don't ever remember in all those years playing Ironman of people having specialists on the offensive line. It was always the offensive specialist was always the receiver, always, right. always, always. And the centers went both ways and all the tackles went both ways. Um, and then you look at it now, I think one, I think I tell you what the problem is. One, it's a money thing and it's an it's availability thing. The hardest person to find is, is a two-way guy. And if they're out there, when you think about being a pure athlete and being able to, to play both sides of the ball, if you're, you know, if you're really, really good, the other leagues are going to snatch you up, you know, and we've got some really good guys in our league that deserve that opportunity and they'll get it. But uh, trying to find those guys, you know, it was a lot easier back and back, you know, back when I played because you were paying a guy 75,000 a year. You can find anybody, you know, I remember Brandon Hall for the LA Avengers used to coach for us. He was two way guy. He was making 75,000 a year. Um, you know, of course, it's not like that anymore. I mean, unless you play for certain teams, no, I'm just messing with you. Um, <laughs> but um, so it's just harder to find those types of guys, you know. Um, but you know, our 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 when I signed guys, the first thing to do is figure out they can run. If they couldn't run, I didn't sign. We gave them a conditioning desk first day. Okay. I ran some. I ran a bunch of three hundreds since the first time in sixteen years that every single player made it. Hmm. So I thought, okay, cool. And so for me, it's 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 a race because you're looking at the amount of snaps that these guys are playing on both sides of the ball. And, you know, unfortunately for Carolina and Jacksonville, they have no bye weeks. You know, they're playing back to back to back to back to back to back. And at some point when you have a bunch of old veterans, that stuff starts to wear on you. That's a lot of hits. You know, these guys are too big and too athletic and too strong. Uh, sometimes to be able to take that kind of wear and tear all the way into July, you know, we're, right. we're in May right now. So, you know, it's kind of a, who can, who's, who's the last man standing? Mm -hmm. A lot of management. I mean, for you guys, at least, you know, you're one of the four teams that has bye weeks. I mean, you know, you talk Jacksonville, Carolina, you know, they're, I, we're, we've been wondering ourselves, like a sport like this, you have to manage your guys more when you're doing week after week after week, more banging and bruising. There's no time off. 
you know, and that's fascinating, I think, to see how that dynamic plays out for the playoffs here, especially, you know, like I said, yourself, you get a time off. Yeah, you took a week off, you said, for that bye, but, like, that gets people off their feet. That gets people to relax a little bit, take the tension away from maybe the last time you guys out on the floor. So, and you get to go home. You know, and right. I mean, even if it's, if it's a ball, it's against Albany, you know, and what, but you get to go home at least. You get to be in front of that crowd and all that. Um, I don't mean to steal another question from Jim, but this came up just thinking about, you know, we're talking Iron Man. So early season was kind of some of the processes of getting guys in and out a little bit slower. Um, there seemed like there were some challenges, you know, getting the system down on either the officiating side or even on the team sides. Um, I mean, through your first three games, does that feel like that's speeding up to you? Uh, that process, they're getting things down, or uh, is there still some challenges for that right now? I'll be honest with you, I haven't. Well, you haven't had any issues from our at okay. all, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've watched some of the other games, and I've seen you know guys trying to figure out who's in and who's out, but it hasn't slowed the game down. There's been other factors slowing the game down. I'm not going to say it. I'm not trying to get fined. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I, we so, aren't going to – we're not going to push you that, that but, direction. We'll take but that. The leagues, but the leagues, you know, doing a really good job of working on that to, to fix that. Um, you know, because at the end of the day, it's about entertainment. I mean, you can't keep people three and a half hours. You can't keep an NFL game three and a half hours. we got to get these games at 245, you know, things like that. we got to get things moving. we got to, you know, shorten these halftimes up. If you don't, If you don't have a halftime show and you're not making money at halftime, why do you have a 20-minute halftime? Please cut that out. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, it's it's you, we're here to entertain fans, and and the players want to make more money. I want to make more money. The owners want to make more money, and the only way to do that is to have people come and put butts in seats and uh and and be entertained and, and have a good time. So, um, but I, but I like the direction of it. I think Iron Man. I think I like Iron Man, even though we voted against it. I, I do agree with Chris. I think it creates it creates personalities. When people go to the games right now. So many players flip-flop based on who's going to pay them the most next year. You know, you got the same guys. It's just key. It's almost like the CFL. The CFL had a different coach at the same different team for year after year, and then the same mm-hmm. quarterbacks just kept rotating, you know. But I think fans went to the games because they liked the logo on the helmet. Well, now all of a sudden you see a Jarmon Fortson who's out there intercepting, fumble returns, tackling, kicking. You see Darius Prince out there doing it on both sides of the ball. You see – Oh uh, God, there's a bunch of them. Devin's all of a sudden killing you at, at the at the Mac or at the Jack linebacker. You know, there's a lot of really good players now that are going both ways that are starting to create a name for themselves. They're starting to create a brand. And the players, I don't think some of the players understand what they're actually setting themselves up for down the road or what they're actually setting up future players down the road is creating a brand of who you are. So people you know, no one's ever heard Darian Townsend, but after our first game, you know, he runs a kickoff back. He has an interception, scores two touchdowns. People are like, holy cow, who's Darian Townsend? And so they want to know who they are. And so I like that, and I think it's important. And I think there's two or three players on each team that the fans are really starting to gravitate to. And now it's like the NFL. You know, I, I could care less about the Buccaneers, but I'm going to watch Tom Brady. Um, and I think that maybe we're creating that too, I hope. Nice. I think you are. I think you are. You know, I, I think like Forston, I was, I'm glad you brought him up, you know, already, I mean, beginning of the season was already Iron Man, Iron Man of the year, right out of the gate for you guys, you know, right. and, and I love, I love that aspect of it because of the fact that, you know, we've talked with the commissioner ourselves too. And that's the same deal. He, you know, he's laid down that thing. It creates 
our a brand of football that's our own and stars for that brand. It's not just a football player. It's an Iron Man, an arena player. You know that right. that's what it used to be. You know now it's trying to bring that back, and I see that. You know I never have gotten to. I never saw Iron Man. I got into this late. You know I got to see the Specialist era, and so now I'm getting that for the first time, and I'm actually it's making me enjoy the game more than I thought I even enjoyed it at that point. I love arena as it is. So when you I'm think about the Barry, the Barry Wagners of the world and, and all those guys that I grew up, you know, playing with, but also watching, they're just, they're just an, an elite athlete, you know, and I like it because it, it, it changes our brand a little bit because again, no disrespect, but there's so much football out there on TV. There's the NFL yes. and USFL and XFL and give me another letter for the alphabet. And so there's so many of them out there that do people, I, I like the arena style. I like the Ironman. I like the, the, the basketball, whoever has the ball last is going to win. That's how it needs mm-hmm. to be. we got to continue to push our game to where it is 77-72, 61-60. You can't have these games we had in the past, or even if you look at some other leagues, no names, you know, it's just outdoor football inside. Well, people already have that. Why, why are we different? What makes us different? You know, mm-hmm. how can we create that niche? And, uh, I, you know, I think it'll get there. Nice. Coach, uh, let's get on to the brighter side of things. Uh, you guys have a promotion coming up for the uh, your Columbus Lions where fans can call uh, the first offensive play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you looking for an offense corner? Because me and Zach can get covered. I'll tell you what. Yeah. After the last game we just put up on offense, I might have to just hand it over to somebody full time. I don't know. I need to get off the uh, side. So. What brought that idea up to get fans more involved, especially actually playing, making the calls for your offense? Look, it's, 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 I want people engaged. I want people to come to the game, have a good time, and go to work on Monday morning and say, Oh my God, I went to the Lions game. It was so much fun. You're not going to believe it. So I got to get on the field. You know, we go in the arena every day. So I go there every day for work. I'm in, I'm in the facility. It's not a big deal for me. But if you're never in that building and you get to walk down on the turf or walk underneath the tunnel or go in the locker room, it's a big deal. And so I wanted to create that, you know, and, and I've done that in the past. We used to do that promotion a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, Columbus is a very special place and it's got really some diehard fans and I want to give people that experience. And as I get older, you know, the, the me kick the, kick the living out of you kind of, I mean, it's still there, don't get me wrong, but I kind of really want to do stuff for Columbus and, and have a good time and create memories and create a fan experience and, and actually make a difference and do something, not just football wise. And, and uh, it was just a fun promotion, man. It's just a fan experience. And, we had the Savannah Bananas come in here, I think, a couple Last weeks weekend, ago. Yeah. Good God, it's the Harlem Go-Trotters of baseball. And, you know, it sells. So I've got that experience. We did another fan experience. I'm going to let somebody ride on the bus with the team and give them a hotel room and let them come to the pregame meal and access the locker room. And, and again, it's like behind the lines. You see that stuff, the everyday stuff that the average fan doesn't get because watching the game all of a sudden sometimes is just not enough. Yeah, get a little yeah. more access. That that bus ride is uh, that's coming up for your next Orlando Predators game. That that's a really good time. I mean, if you've never done that, uh, we've picked up some good fans doing that. Um, they, they get to see the ins and outs, and plus you get to see the the human side of players. That's what right. you like. I mean, it's right. it's the inside the lines. You you know, you know when you watch inside the lines and you see the Lonnie Outlaws. What a great guy! What a great character! And uh, Ulrich Joneses and those types of people. 
that you get to see, you know, that they're just big kids at heart or, you know, they're good people. And so I, I love being able to, I just love being able to share that experience. I mean, arena, arena football, as you can see behind me, has created a, a life for me and kids and a family, something I never thought it was going to happen, you know, 25 years later, you know, I want to share it with everybody because I think it's a good sport and it creates a lot of opportunity uh, to just entertain people. Yeah. Hey. It's I wish I could do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, I, I think the community of this sport's great. That, that's one thing that draws me a lot to it. You know, it, it's it's a little it's a lot more tight knit. I don't know if it's just the niche nature of it or what, but like if I I mean I I fall outdoor. You know, I'm I'm that nut I'm that nut that falls like the USFL, the XFL too. Right. And it, you don't just get you don't get the same feeling I, to me as you do with arena football. I think there's just some camaraderie with that, just from the years of it going. The we're underdogs, but we're gonna keep on fighting for this darn thing because it is worth fighting for, you know? So like stuff and like, I mean, stuff like that's great. You know, the stories the of the stories. players. Absolutely. Like, he, like a lot of these players are maybe a second too slow or they did something in their tryouts right. to get NFL. That's why they're in arena game. And you realize where they come from in their backgrounds and you follow these players. And once they do get to, if they do get the NFL or the CFL or the XFL, you go, Hey, he used to play for the Columbus Lions. He used to play for the Orlando right. Predators. You're like, I saw him grow in this game and get there. And that's one thing I liked about how Aiden did the series. You get to see the character like a Lonnie Outlaw, which we did have on the show recently. And he's still all the praise in the world <laughs> to awesome, Columbus. Uh, he goes, he's like Gibson, Mason, Josh. I love them all. So you, you leave a, a trail to all your former players who no longer are there. They still remember you and the Columbus Lions. And just saying that's the one thing that me and Zach love about this game is that they're humans. And they're yeah. they're they're dang good football players. They're just not the ones that you see on Sundays in the fall, but they still play the game that they love. Well, just like I tell guys, even when I recruit players, you know, it's like one day you're gonna be like us, you know, you're gonna sit around and you get to look back. But when you know, football is one of those true sports that time is is your enemy. And, you know, you can work the rest of your life. You can always find a job, you know, always. You can always work, but you don't get a chance to play football and to get out there. And I love the aspect. You know, I'm kind of old school. I like gladiator, iron sharpens iron. You know, the biggest line in the jungle wins the fight. I think that's just that's just a, a man mentality. I don't mean to, you know, say that anyway like that, but I love the the – the competition. I think competition is what drives the human race. And so I think football is awesome and I love it. And to be able to do it, I think that's what I miss the most. I don't know if I really miss playing the game. I miss the grind. I miss pushing the envelope. I miss competing. I miss getting my ass kicked and then getting back up. I miss, you know, all those things. And, and that's what I try to tell some of these guys that are on the fence, whether or not they're going to play or not. I'm like, guys, you're not going to be able to do this game forever. Mm-hmm. Um, true. I love I, when I played football in high school, I love practice. And my coach is like, yeah. you're so excited for practice. And when I get in the game, they're like, where you been, dude? I'm like, OK, I had an off game. He goes, that's four weeks. Now, the off game. <laughs> but, but I go to practice and like they, we, we have to start you. You're they're good enough to start. I'm like, oh, maybe they're watching film and practice and know how to stop me. <laughs> but I know how it feels, coach is like I wanted to like I knew I wasn't. NFL type, I didn't have that mentality. My goal was like get to Citadel or get to a small right. college like Valdosta State and go the arena route. I was I was diehard. I loved arena football more than the NFL when arena football was his heyday with freaking Aaron Garcia and Bonner and all of them. 
And I was like, I'm going to play rain football. Then I suffered an injury in high school and never, I couldn't recover from it. But yeah, you, you don't miss the game until it's gone. And my happened in high school. So I never went back to it because my injury was just too bad to recover from. So yeah, I understand that fate. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, high school was my end track too. So I'll lay that out there for those, those people. Same deal. You no. Know? And it ended in a semifinal for a sectional back in Indiana. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm glad I get to use this though. And, you know, talking about, I've been just talking with you, this is my Avenue for getting back in there and, you know, try to enjoy the sport, you know, maybe the mega fan, maybe the journalistic side <laughs> of it, you know, I, right. I, I take the joys out of that and getting to talk with folks like yourself, coach. Um, I mean, and I get that kind of competitive nature there. Um, I felt practice in my way. Like you're saying it was to test my limits, you know, see what I could maybe get to that next level, whether I could get farther, get my development as a player at that time. So, you know, and you, the game days were just a result of showing that you made those strides. That was the thing, right? Like the final piece of the puzzle of that um, for your, for you guys, for yourself, you know, you talk competition, like we've been hinting that you got Albany coming up this week. Um, mm. Let's transition to that. What, what, what are some keys you're looking at? Like we we've talked, I'll say it again, like we mentioned in this show with you, you know, there's teams like yourself, Ironman specific build. And then right. there's guys like the Albany's or the, even the Carolinas where it's very much a lot of loaded talent, um, keeping that in order, switching those guys out when needed. Um, what, what do you look at in, when you think of Albany this year, looking them coming into the jungle, what are, what are you already looking at for that contest? Well, you said it best. I mean, just loaded with talent. When you look at Cornelius Lewis, he's one of the best. They're a great guy, too. Just, just a great player. And Darius Prince, great player. And then uh, Jabari Gorman and, and, and Hollis. And, you know, I mean, the list, Markel Wade, they just picked up Markel Wade. That was a really good yeah. pickup. Um, you know, Nick Hagg's a good pickup. And, you know, Calvin France. It's, they basically signed the who's who was of everybody else's team and put them, brought them all to Albany. Right. So, uh, uh, sure makes it easy to, to – uh, you know, when you got a bunch of veterans on the team, it makes it easy. Um, so that's, that's good. That's the hard part of it um, on our end is because you got guys that understand the game. That's the biggest thing for a rookie is picking up. We got a great rookie on our team, really good rookie. And once he figures out the arena game, he's going to be one of the best in the league. And eventually somebody will come out, bid me, and try to get them up there. So I look at it as I do a lot of recruiting for everybody else. And then when I can't afford them, they come steal them. So. <laughs> The pipe, the pipeline, quote unquote. You know what? You go out, just go find more. But you know, that's what I try to tell people. You know, just go find more. There's so many football players out there. You can find them anywhere. You just got to find. You got to put the work in. Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. You know. Mm -hmm. But they they got a great roster. I love their kicker, man. He's got a great leg. Yes. Great leg, but he's kicking white balls this week. <laughs> we don't have any brown balls left. They're all white. So good luck with that. Um. Maybe he, maybe he can kick him. Maybe he can. I don't know. Let's find out. Has anybody made a deuce with a white ball? Ooh, not that. Yeah, I've seen it. I, mm. nope. if, he, if he hasn't seen it, then I think that's a, a big fat zero. No, they're all white balls in Columbus, man. <laughs> <laughs> Make, makes it at least unpredictable. You're not sure what's yeah. going to happen once that once the game plus, hits that. Plus, plus the scoreboard's extra low. So. Oh yes, that's <laughs> right. That's right. I I remember I remember a good conversation actually with Craig Peterson on, on the side uh, with a different show I did at the time. Yeah. 
um that was the same deal i remember him saying like yeah with arena you gotta make sure if it's like scoreboards right there it's gotta be like a it's got like a beamer straight line kicks, yeah you got the hardest it. ones to get down yeah you know we did that control. one year the school board was real low i can't remember the kicker i can't remember who it was man he put that sucker on the right side and he hooked it every single he must have made four or five boosts <laughs> like man like he curved the ball you're saying he, oh yeah he did a great job man. He's wow really um but no i mean darius darius prince is just you know i mean he's you know elite nal players so obviously he's the catalyst um you know that was that was our even that was our game plan in, in the Albany game in the championship game was you know not let Darius beat us and he didn't but Malachi did right um, now Malachi's not there so I, I don't know but you know Darius is obviously you know and that's what we try to do we try to identify what we can and can't stop I'm not saying we can stop I, we ain't gonna stop Darius Prince that's a fact so I mean, he's gonna get his I just don't want him to get like ten of them um, you know and. And so you look at that, but also you look at the travel and, and different things like that. So they have a really, really good roster. It would be a very difficult game for us to, to pull this one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, t- tough one. I mean, we saw last week against Jacksonville, you know, even with flight issues or not, like it was, it definitely was its own thing. Not, I, I wasn't pointing at you, Jim. I saw you, I saw you do that. I'm just saying, but um you know, I yeah, I mean, you've killed out- me multiple times in this show, Zach. What's <laughs> <laughs> it trying? Well, I, I mean, if you know. notice, it, it's kind of a trend going on right now. The road teams are kind of struggling, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. I don't know, or or the teams that are playing at home are just having a lot of success at home. Now, I hope that continues. You know, our my game plan, as long as I've been coaching, is you go undefeated at home and fifty percent on the road. If I can do that, it's a good season. Uh, that's how I've always played it. So we always try to make sure we we play well at home and use the crowd to our favor and, and all that stuff. So I hopefully uh, that'll give us, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of an edge is we're definitely going to need it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I think that's a good philosophy with, you know, the arenas are a little more personal and in, and fans can get up close and more into your head. I think as a player too, not, that's not a spite of fans. That's just that people were rowdy here. I think in arena than outdoors <laughs> as well. You know, so I I understand that completely. Um, one thing I think people are going to be wondering. I'm not going to have you. Obviously, I, you do what you please with this question, of course, because it is a strategy thing too. Um, how are you approaching the QB situation this week, or are there any updates with like out of the buy that you got? I know you you can't. I don't want to give you have you give too much game plan or anything, but like. Anything I guess you'd like to share? This would be your chance here, or not? <laughs> See, I, I can tell. Like, <laughs> look, it, it doesn't matter. They're both good. If, if you can't protect, I could put Tom Brady back there. It wouldn't matter. Okay, <laughs> so we got to make sure we have that shirt up fixed first, which we will. We we we'll, we'll do a good job with that. Um, and I can control some of that as well. Now I can't give you that away, but you know I can control the sacks. I can control. You know, on my end, if you can get a sack or not, believe it or not, it's just uh, I was being a little greedy in the Jacksonville game, and it kind of came back to haunt us. So um, it doesn't matter. I've, I've got an offense ready for Danny, and i got an offense ready for Darren, and we're well prepared to, to go with either one of them, just depending on, you know, how practice plays out, how Darren's knee plays, how Danny, you know, Danny picks it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the key for us, not really the quarterback play. I think we'll be there. I'm, I'm going to put a lot of – I'm going to put a lot of that. I'm going to put a lot of the success this week really on me. I'm not going to put it on the players. It's, it's my job to make sure that, look, all the players in the league are really good. 
um, I just have to make sure we put them in a position to be successful. So I didn't do that two weeks ago. Um, I set them up for failure. They did the best they could, but I'll fix it. Okay. Oh, well, coach, uh, before we let you go, um, anything going on in Columbus this weekend for promotion wise or ticket wise to get the fans to get into the building, especially against a big opponent of Albany coming to town? Well, I mean, unfortunately, you know, it's Memorial weekend and, and the league needed a game. And guess what? We happen to have an open date. We got stuck with it. So, mm. uh, it could be tough, but it could not be tough. You know, I was just talking with some people and a lot of people aren't going out of town because gas is $5 a gallon. So it's kind of hard to go anywhere when it's going to cost you a mortgage payment to go. Um, so I don't know what the crowd's going to be like, you know, we, we're just starting to do a lot of new things. You know, of course we got a lion's walk. We do outside. we got a, we got a high school band. that's really cool. Called the, uh, called the all-star band kind of like oh, a, okay a mix between Grambling and Central. And, I mean, they're just really good kids. They're, they're really good. And they play outside. And we actually exit the arena and go through the tailgate, walk through it, and they play music, stuff like that. Um, you know, it's Cancer Awareness Night by Aflac. That's always a given. We've got specialty jerseys. We'll auction them off. Of course, everybody does that. Uh, i got a motorcycle crew coming out front, bringing about 30, 40 motorcycles just for people to look at. we got bounce houses out front of the arena. Just trying to make it fun, trying to create stuff and um, – you know, have a really good game. Uh, you know, our fans aren't right now, you know, with Albany being so new, it's, you know, I don't just, I don't think they look at the schedule and go, Oh my gosh, you know, Albany is coming in town. You know, it's not like it is with, with Jacksonville right now. You know, when Jacksonville comes in town, everybody's not going to miss that game. I mean, I'll be walking in the grocery store and people, Hey coach, man, I them damn sharks, man. I can't wait to come to the game Saturday, you know? And, and so, you know, it's good to have rivalries and I want those rivalries with Albany and Carolina. Um, because I want our fans to look at the schedule like a, like an Auburn fan does and says, hey, we're playing Georgia this week. Hey, we're playing LSU this week. You know, or, or they can look at the schedule and go, oh, we're playing Georgia Southern Community College. You know, and so for me, we got to figure out a way to create those rivalries and create, create that, uh, that excitement with all the teams. And so that's why I like the fact that we had the same teams come back. So now they're, they're recognizing teams on the schedule. So, oh, okay, yeah, Auburn Empire. Yeah, that's right. They won it last year. We'll, we'll go to that game. And so that's what we're trying to create. Yeah. Well, that also goes to your uh, league health thing, too. I mean, st- teams are around more, more seasons go by, kind of fan base you continue to grow, or you get ones that are more, they recognize it. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, one of the best leagues I was ever in was, was the PIFL. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It was, you know, the Richmond Raiders, Huntsville and, 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 and Nashville, us. I mean, it was the same teams, same owners, same coaches, same quarterbacks for three to four years. And so people recognized, you know, it wasn't the constant merry-go-round of people just flip-flopping and, you know, uh, just different teams popping up. So to be able to keep the longevity of our teams over and over and over again, plus we got teams in good spots too. I mean, you know, people want to go to Orlando. They want to go to Jacksonville. I got fans ready to go to Albany, you know, trying to get plane tickets to go to Albany game. Um, you know, we had a whole bunch go to, to San Antonio. So you create, create those destinations. Columbus is very slowly becoming a pretty, pretty unique destination with the whitewater rafting and all the things you can do in Columbus. Right, right. It's actually, you know, in the, in the great food. So you start creating those destinations where fans can travel and they feel really a part of it. You know, I think I already, I took some ticket orders the other day for some fans from Orlando coming up for the July 23rd game. So uh, that's exciting. You know, I got a bunch of fans wanting to go to Orlando. So uh, I'm all about the league. You know, I want to win. 
but at the sacrifice of the lead being terrible or it folding, uh, I'd, I'd rather have the lead be successful, but. Well, coach, thank you very much for joining us today. Honestly, plenty of stuff to take home and, you know, as always, we, we love talking with you. You got so much, you got so much you give, give us the, that we can discuss on the league and you and you guys in Columbus as well. Uh, we wish you the best. And for those listening in, especially if you're, if you're a Columbus fan or someone that's tuning in for the first time for this show, uh, they are, remember they're playing this weekend. If you're free Memorial day weekend, seven o'clock Eastern time there at the Columbus civic center, taking on the Albany empire, again, the uh, former championship team as well. So, you know, it's, like he's like coach Gibson saying here, it's a good, it's going to be a good matchup. You know, well, you know, we need to win. It's not much of a rivalry if we haven't won a game yet. You know, at some <laughs> point we got to win a game. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not a rivalry. So we got to fix that, but I appreciate what you guys do. It's, it's really good for the league. You got a great show. Um, uh-oh. So uh, you got a great show and, 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 and I just, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. It's no problem. Yeah. Thank you very much, coach. Thank you, coach. Have a good one. Uh, All right. Yep. Appreciate it. And guys, be sure to tune in for our next edition next Thursday here. Remember, we got tomorrow. We're going to be doing our final walkthrough where we'll talk about that game again with Columbus going taking on Albany, of course, in the jungle, along with others. Be sure to follow the Columbus Lions on social on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Inwalls Pod. Follow at Columbus Lions for the Lions as well. Uh, for Coach Jason Gibson, for my co-host, Jim Renyam, Zach Common, thanks so long. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week. We'll have another elite personality, coach, player. It's going to be a good one. And this is it for our edition of Turf Talk. <laughs>